And now what I'm going to talk about today, uh, it kind of goes in line with that too, and it's, it's our freedom of choice to have him be in control. And it really continues on from what it means to be made in the image of God and also the free choices that we're willing, that we are able to make as his image bearers. And we can all remember the, the fantastic uh, illustration that Pastor John gave us last week, right, with the cup. And we have the choice of whether we're going to let him fill us up by holding the cup up like this or whether we're going to instead let our, you know, we're going to tip it upside down like this and let ourselves, you know, instead of be not focused, we're going to be focused on the world. I love the illustration because when the cup was upside down, it was focused on the world below, right? And the problem is, too, when it's faced this way, there's a little bit of a gravity thing, too. When you face, you're facing downwards, you're letting the world fill you up as well, too. You're not letting him fill you up. You're letting the world fill you up, right? That's a very important point. Because the open part of the cup actually represents our will. It represents our, 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 our will. And, uh, you know, it represents, really, it represents our choice of what we're seeking. Are we seeking to have God in us or are we seeking to have the world fill us? And that is a choice that we have. And that's why I, I called this the, the, the sermon. I said, just make a choice already. That's the title for, of my sermon today. And I actually came to it because it's something that I actually said to my kids, of course. Uh, I don't know if any of you have experienced this before, but having kids, uh, when you're at a drive-thru at a restaurant, uh, you, you're there, you're waiting a long time sometimes, the lineups are quite long, but during that whole time, the kids will not decide what they want from the drive-thru. They're talking about absolutely everything else except for what they want to order at the drive-thru. And you're inching closer and closer, and you're hoping that choice is going to be made, right? You, you, you've got time, you got, you, literally you have time to get there, but... At the very last second, you're, oh, can I make your order, please? And they're like, yeah, you don't know. You don't know what they want yet. So you're there having an argument with your kids about what they're going to order while this poor person is waiting on their headset trying to figure out what you want to order. And it's like, just make a choice already. Just make a choice. Right? Just make a choice already. And when I'm thinking of free will, I'm thinking sometimes, is that what God is thinking about us sometimes? He's there waiting. He's like, man, just make a choice already. Make a choice for me. Just make a choice already. And the problem is, is not that we haven't been given a choice. Ultimately, we can do whatever we want, right? We can do whatever we want. The problem is that what we choose is always driven by our desires. It's always driven by what we want to do. Paul said in Romans 7, 15, I love is this, why what I want to do, I do not do. It's a bit of a tongue twister. What I want to do, I do not do. Say that to the person next to you. What I want to do, I do not do. <laughs> what I want to do, I do not do. Not many people know this, but Paul is really good at tongue twisters as well, too. All right? What I want to do, I do not do. Why is that? Because our choice is a funny thing. We freely choose to disobey God because that is what our flesh wants to do. I used to skateboard a lot. I'm, a lot of you probably remember that. I used to skate in the church parking lot over here quite a bit. A lot of People remember that. And uh, I used to love skateboard. We used to do skateboard all the time. And uh, now, now that we have, uh, you know, the, all these kids that are now skateboarding, they, they, they record themselves on their phone and they put their tricks up online. And I'm watching these kids and I'm thinking, how on earth are they able to? They, it's just that the sport has just gone into a direction that you can't keep up with it anymore. And uh, because now I have more physical limitations on myself too as I get older. A lot of people know about that as well, right? You have some more physical limitations put on you, and I hate it. I hate the fact that I have limitations. I hate that fact. 
physical limitations prevent me from doing certain physical activities, like skateboarding, like jumping down a 20-set stairs and uh, handrail and all. I can't do that anymore because of the physical limitations that are on me at my age. Similarly, the spiritual limitations I was born with sometimes prevent me from obeying God. Limitations are limiting, right? Limitations, they limit you. We're, we're free to choose all sorts of ways to disobey God. We are. And mankind has been very creative in coming up with ways to disobey God and His commands. Just look outside the world. You'll see it. Watch the news. You'll see it. Mankind has come up with a lot of ways that he can disobey God. And here's the thing. We, can't, we cannot choose to obey God without actually having our desires transformed as well. And no matter how hard we try, we have no power in and of ourselves to do this on our own. We don't. Man, why do I do the things I do not want to do? Right? Well, Lord, we just pray right now, Lord. We ask, Lord, that whatever it is that we want to do, that you will give us the power to do that. You will transform our desires. That is our desire this morning. We want you to accomplish that in us this morning. Amen? Amen. Let's do it. So my text today is uh, from Romans 8 and 5 through 8. There we go. Nope. There we go. Romans, five, Romans 8, 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Remember that one. Guided by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So from the context of the scripture, it's clear that those who live according to the flesh are basically unbelievers. Okay, their wills are in bondage to sin, and so sin is all that they want to do. There are no, you know, there's nobody that lives in the flesh that is saying, why do I do the things I don't want to do? They're saying, I want to do the things that I want to do, and that's what I'm going to do. That's what the flesh says. They cannot submit to God or his ways. Christians are the only people who have the free will to obey God, but they still have an old nature that pulls them in the other direction, Right? We can say that. It's true. We still have the old nature in us because we are still made of flesh. We are still fleshly beings, and we can still be pulled in the other direction. And I mean, the thing that is that, that God does not punish people or does not even actually push people to reject him. He doesn't do that. He simply allows them to do the thing that they want to do, whatever their flesh desires. God doesn't coerce or convince people to accept him. That would, make, that would not make us very free, would it, if he were to coerce us or, or try and push us to accept him. But God is in control, but humans are still allowed to make real choices. And this is the funny thing. This is a very interesting thing, that somehow God's control and human freedom, they're actually perfectly compatible. They're actually perfectly compatible. It's not a contradiction. It's hard to understand, but our free will and God's control are perfectly compatible. They're, they're not... He's not forcing us to do anything. We still have free will, but he is still in control. Hard to understand, isn't it? But it is perfectly compatible. It's his perfect paradigm, this perfect way that he's created the world around us. That said, free will does not mean that, that mankind can do anything he wants to do, 
our choices are also limited by our nature as well, too. They're limited by our design and the image of God that we are made in. For example, I can choose to fly to Hawaii because I'm tired of the winter. I can choose to do that. But what I can't do is I cannot jump, go to the top of a building, jump up and flap my wings and fly south. I can't do that. That's not in my nature. It's not in my nature. I'm not one of the Canada geese that we see leaving right now, going to, to warmer places. Don't you hate that when you see the Canada geese flying south? I cannot stand that. It's like, come back here, you traitors. You suffer through this with us. Canada geese. No, it's not in my nature to flap my wings and fly away. I can't do that. You know what else is not in my nature? I'll tell you something else that's not in my nature. I can't choose to make myself righteous. I can't do it on my own. It's not in my nature to be righteous. I am born in sin, shaped in iniquity, so my free will has the constraint of the nature that I am born with. That is why the things I want to do, I do not do. Unfortunately, my nature, though, is it's still not a good excuse. It's not an excuse I, I, can, I can use. We're still accountable to our nature. And the Bible is clear that we not only have the ability to choose, we also have the, the uh, responsibility to choose wisely as well. And how do we choose? Well, the New Testament, uh, you're going to read over and over again in the New Testament what Jesus says, what the apostles say. What do they always say to people, to sinners? They're always commanded to repent and to believe. They're continually commanded to do that, repent and believe. And here's the thing. Every call to repent is a call to choose. Every call to believe is a call to choose. And the choice is, are we going to live according to the Spirit or are we going to live according, according to the flesh? Are we going to be governed by the, the, by the flesh or are we going to be governed by the Spirit? What is our mindset on? Is our mindset on the things of the flesh or on the things of the Spirit? That is what we need to look at. And the time is now. We have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. Amen? Verse 6 says, People have set their minds on the things of the flesh and are in fact governed by them. And this is a really important strategy that Paul has given us because we, we now have an easy way for us to figure out if we're walking in the spirit or if we're walking in the flesh. How do we do that? Well, just ask yourself, where is my mindset? Right now, even right now, ask yourself, where is my mind set? Right now, ask yourself, am I pointing at something for me? No, I thought you were, <laughs> there's a mistake there. <laughs> Ask yourself, where is your mindset? Right now, ask yourself, what am I focused on? What is my mind preoccupied with? What are you thinking about? What is your mind set on? Are you thinking about lunch? <laughs> are you thinking about an offense that someone has caused you? Thinking about something that someone has wronged you? Are you thinking about that? Maybe no one should know what you're thinking about right now. Maybe you're keeping that deep inside. You don't want to know what, other people, what you're thinking about right now. Right? Maybe that's what your mind is set on. Here's an idea. Submit it to God. That's an invitation that you can have this morning. Submit that thing that is on your mind to God. Focus on the things of the Spirit because there are a lot of things that get onto our mind that we cannot overcome on our own. We try our best, but we wake up in the morning thinking about it. We go to bed thinking about it. It affects the way that we, we have relationships with others because it's always on our mind. Submit it to God. The invitation is right in front of you. Hey, you know what? I can't handle this on my own. Submit it to God. Right now, lay it down on his throne. Give it to him and instead set your mind on what the spirit desires. Amen? You have to understand that the mind is a strategic battleground where the flesh and the spirit fight. 
And in fact, the battle is going on right now. It's actually happening right this very second. Why is it so hard to focus on God? Because there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on right now. And far too often, we actually let the enemy win. By thinking that we can do it on our own, like we're a, a super soldier and we can handle this war all by ourselves. We can't. We can't because it's so much easier to raise. It's also, I mean, we can't win. And, and a lot of times it's so much easier just to, to wave the white flag instead of actually fighting and fighting alongside God. And if you're alive, you have to fight for it. Your, your mind is a battleground and you have to be involved in that fight. You can't be a pacifist in this situation. You have to fight. Amen? You read this verse and we think, oh yeah, you know, these people, the flesh, they're, they're all really bad sinners. Get your mind out of the gutter, you, you fleshly focused people, right? I have a problem too, you know, when sometimes when I, we see a lot of Christians out there and they're always going on, oh, the world is so evil. You know, the, the, the world is so evil. There, there's so much evil going on. There have never been evil in the world like there is today. God is going to come. He's going to punish. He's going to show the world. No, I don't think that that's, I don't, first of all, evil doesn't change. <laughs> evil has been around since the very beginning, since, since Adam partook, uh, since the original sin, evil has been here. There's, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Evil is evil. It's here. It's, it's always been here. It's always going to be here until Jesus returns, right? The world is evil. Yes, of course the world is evil, but we have light in us. That's the difference. Also, the people who have set their minds on the things of the flesh are not, they're not always serious sinners either. They really aren't. In fact, they could be people with really good intentions. They could be. Do you believe that? They, they could be. How is that possible? Well, why don't you ask Peter? Peter said something that seemed very heroic when he said to Jesus that, you know, Jesus, I'm not going to let you go to the cross. I'm not going to do that. But what did Jesus respond to Peter? He responded to Peter with very strong words. He said, you are not mindful of the things of God, but you are mindful of the things of men. That was Peter that he said that to. If it can happen to Peter, it can happen to us as well. Right? What is our mindset? What is our mindset? So, if we look back at the fact that we are made in the image of God, we see that as part of our design and nature and that our will and that our will, what we, we want to do comes from a desire actually in us to be free. We all have a desire to be free, right? That's why the, the political system that we live in values freedom. We all desire to be free. We are made in the image of a God who is also actually completely 100% free. He has perfect freedom. There's perfect freedom in Christ. Amen. God is completely free. That means that we can make choices to our benefit, but we can also make choices to our deficit, to our detriment. We can, we can make either or choices, right? We can give our allegiance to God, or we can give our allegiance to the devil. We can remain a sinner, or we can become a saint through Jesus. Amen? God gave us free will to choose, and God created us with this freedom. So let me dovetail on this for a minute because there's a lot of people who question our free will because of the idea of predestination. Well, how could predestination exist and, freedom, and our freedom of choice exist at the same time, right? And there's a lot of good points and a lot of good theology around that, of choosing one way or the other. And, you know, it's interesting, but at the same time, I don't like it. You want to know why? Because it divides Christians. I don't want to focus on a point that divides Christians. I want to focus on the thing that unites us. There's a lot more that we have in common than what we have that is different. So let's focus on the things that we have in common. I don't want to focus on that, things that cause a disagreement within the body of Christ. Let me, let's just agree on this. 
If you're a Christian, you have made a decision. I have decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. Remember that song? You've made a decision. You've made a decision to follow Christ. And you know, you, you know that you've made a decision because you can feel it. When you decide to make a decision for Christ, you know the difference. You know that when you're walking down a path and you say, you know what, this is not working for me. I'm going to decide to follow Jesus. Things change. And you know that that is something in your life that is completely different. You can point back to the point where, you know what, I made a 180 at this point in my life and I've never been the same since. How many people can attest that? How many people have that testimony that they have followed Jesus and nothing has been the same since? Hallelujah. We can agree on this. If you're a Christian, you have made a decision and that decision sticks. Amen? Yeah. And you have to decide, guess what though? You have to decide every day as well though to be in Christ as well. So you make that decision, but then you have to keep walking in that decision as well, too. One of the best decision-making stories in the New Testament and the Gospels is the story of the rich young ruler. Remember that one? Who asked Jesus, the young rich ruler asked Jesus, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You're not, you shouldn't murder, you don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the ruler said, well, all these things I've kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will receive treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And what happened after that? The ruler, he heard this, and he was saddened because he had great wealth. He had so much that he could not give up, that he couldn't follow Jesus. How do you know that we can make our own choices? Because Jesus didn't follow this guy and say, hey, come on, no, no, I'm just kidding. You can come follow me. You can keep your money. It's fine. Come, come follow me. He didn't say that to him. He didn't coerce him. Even though this would probably be a great guy to have on your team. Let's face it, a young, rich ruler. Yeah, come, come, come on my team. Let's be, come be a disciple. No, he gave him the choice. That he, had the free, he had a free choice to do what he wanted to do. The young, rich ruler made in the image of God, a man with a will created by God, was able to make his own choice. He was able to make his own moral choices. And of course, Christ knew. He knew what his choice would be, but he allowed him to go on his chosen way. Why would God let us do that? Because he would rather us make a decision on our own accord than for him to make the choice for us. He doesn't want us to be soulless robots, right? He created us so that we could make our own decision to follow him, not just be robots that follow his every will and desire all the time. That's not the creation that he created. Actually, A.W. Tozer, who I've spoken about before, he said this. This is really good. God will take nine steps towards us. He'll take all those nine steps towards us, but he will not take the tenth. He won't take the tenth step. He will incline us to repent, but he cannot do the repenting for us. Isn't that good? God cannot force us to repent because that would go against the nature that he made in us, in his image. And think of it this way, where there is no freedom of choice, there actually can't be sin or righteousness. There has to be choice in order for those two concepts to even exist because they are both choices that we make. Right? Let me give you a good example of that. Even the devil made a choice. The devil made a choice. Lucifer became Satan when he made a deliberate choice. And he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That was a choice that the devil made. 
He made a choice against light, and both, he had both the knowledge and the will to make that choice. They were present in his defiance against God. He pursued his will and not God's. But here's the best part. On the other side of that, however, is the good and perfect side. We see a perfect choice being made. Christ revealed his holiness when he cried in his agony, not my will, but yours be done. The Son of God said that, not my will, not my flesh will, Lord, but you, my Father, your will be done. Jesus made a deliberate choice, knowing full well of the consequences, knowing the, the pain that he would face on the cross. And make no mistake that there were two wills in conflict when Jesus made this choice. There was the will within Jesus' humanity, because he was man. He was fully man. He was the most man that any man could be. He was a man. So there was the will of the man in Jesus. And then there was the, the will within Jesus' identity as God. So those two wills were battling each other. But thank you, Jesus, he made the choice. He made the higher choice and submitted to God's will, no matter that, that no man should perish. That's the choice that he made. The higher will prevailed. And what an example that is for us to follow. When you compare the choice that Jesus made with the choice that Satan made, we see the difference between saint and sinner. We see the difference between heaven and hell. We see the difference that that choice can make. Amen? But wait a second, does that mean that our, our freedom is taken away when we say, not my will, but yours be done? Is that what happens? If I'm saying, if my, no, not my will, but yours be done, am I just throwing away my choice by doing that? Actually, no, not at all. You're not doing that at all. In fact, we're releasing our flesh from the decision-making process. We are letting the image of God within us to have his way. We are admitting that we are not good enough, not wise enough to make, any, to make every decision on our own. We're not good enough to do that. We are relinquishing our control to the one who is good, who is wise, who is love. And you know what? Do doing this is the ultimate expression of our freedom of will. Our wills are ours, right? Our wills are ours. They're our individual wills. But our freedom lies in submitting our will to his. What a mystery that is. We actually find freedom by taking our will and submitting it to God. What a beautiful thing. Submitting our will to his. That is true freedom. Let me tell you something. I, I, this is something that I have done in every major decision that I've made in my life. Okay? I've submitted it to God. And I do it not saying, no, Lord, just anoint me, let me know what right decision I need to make, you know, all that. I don't, I don't do that. I actually carefully put the decision on the table and say, Lord, I'm going to make a decision, but I'm giving it to you. This is your decision to make. And, you know, even if I make a mistake, Lord, I just pray that you'll bless me regardless. <laughs> right? I'm submitting it to you. I want to make you part of this decision-making process. So I pray that you will go ahead of me, that this decision will be blessed, and that you will guide me in it. And guess what? Hey, it always works out. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty good with every decision that I've made. I don't really have any regrets to speak of because I include him in the decision-making process. What a beautiful thing to do. Has anyone else had that experience as well, too? It's really... What you're doing is that you're taking a burden that you have on you to make a decision. And it says in the Bible, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I want that. I want it to be light. I'm going to give this to you, Lord. I'm going to put this, this, this decision-making process in front of you. You bless it. Whether I do A or B, I just pray that you'll bless it. And you know what? He always does. Amen? And if you're in Christ, even more so, you're more, you're more likely to make the right decision. Amen? Yeah. 
The secret of being in Christ is not, it's not eliminating our will. No, it's putting your will in Christ. It's putting your will in Christ. Do you want to be free? Freedom does not come from being masters of our own destinies. That's not what it comes from. It also doesn't come from an authoritative God making us follow his every will and desire. It comes from recognizing that we are free to make any choice we want. And with that choice, we choose every single time the perfect, blessed, eternal, faultless will of God. That is true freedom. Amen? Yeah. Minds set on what the Spirit desires. Minds governed by the Spirit, which brings life and peace. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do one thing this morning, uh, just to kind of make this more of a, of, a, of a real thing, to put some, some feet to it. Um, what was the point of this message? The point is that you're not in this alone. Your will, if, you, if you've got something on your mind right now that you're, you're making a decision or there's something that's troubling you, you don't have to carry that burden. That's not that you don't, your will is probably trying to tell you, you know, I can solve this, I can fix this, I have the solution, I can do it. That, that's, that's not the truth. The truth is you can just give it to God and he will take care of it. So I'm going to make a, I'm going to put a prayer out this morning. Gonna, if you can all agree with me, we're going to stand and pray. If you have something that's on your mind this morning, if there's something that, that's been bugging you that you went to bed thinking about, you woke up this morning thinking about, you were grumpy having your coffee thinking about it, you came in through the doors of the church still thinking about it, that is not something that God wants you to carry. He wants, he wants to be involved in that situation with you. So whether it's a, it's a decision, whether it's a, a, something that you're carrying, an offense, whatever it is, you can actually put it to the throne this morning. You can align your will to his and he will take care of it. Amen? All right, let's all stand together. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to pray through this this morning. And you know what? I challenge you. Watch and see what happens. Maybe you've been carrying it for years. Maybe this is something that you've always had that, 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 that's been on your heart for so long, and you just can't get over it. And maybe you've tried to say you've been praying into it for, for years, and maybe you're not seeing a whole lot change. But you know what? Today, lay it at his throne. Because when you do that, there's also, a, there's also a huge amount of peace that will come on you. And it's a peace that passes all understanding. I can guarantee you that. So, so watch that. When you pray about this, let's wait, let's wait and see what happens. Let's wait. And you know what? If something happens, if something changes immediately, let us know. We'd love to celebrate with you because we're part of the family here. Amen? All right, let's close our eyes and let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for, for the gift of salvation, Lord. Lord, so often I say that, uh, I, you know, I want to do your will, but then I stubbornly cling to my own plans. And those plans sometimes run in the opposite direction to your purposes in my life. Lord, I recognize that there's a, there's a battle going on, and I must decide whether I choose to surrender to you or follow my will. Lord, conquer my heart so you can bless and lead me as I surrender my life to you. Fill me, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that, we, so that he can guide and teach me more about your will. I'm so relieved. I don't have to trust in my own strengths, but I can instead lean hard. I can lean as, as much as I want to into your sufficiency. You will equip me for every good work and provide all I need to accomplish your will. Lord, we believe that. Your grace is so complete. You call 
you provide, and you bless. It's all about you, Father. I can relax and simply respond in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful for all that you provide for me in Christ. I submit my will to you. Submit your will to him right now in the name of Jesus. We submit our will to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We'll just sing this last song here together. Let the Lord, let him, let him fill you with your Holy Spirit so that you can be in peace about whatever you've put at the throne this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen.